Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Market Bites. I'm Sam. And I'm Josh. And we're here to break down three of the hottest financial events that happened this week, so you can keep your finger on the pulse. Whether you're on your way to work, at the gym, or wherever and whenever you have the time to get updated. So, are you ready? Let's get into it. This podcast is for information and education purposes only and should not be taken as investment advice, a personal recommendation or an offer of or solicitation to buy or sell any financial instruments. This material has been prepared without taking into account any particular investment objectives or financial situation and has not been prepared in accordance with the legal and regulatory requirements to promote independent research. Past performance is not an indication of future results. Hello, everyone. Welcome back for another episode. I'm Sam North and I'm joined as usual by Josh Gilbert. Josh, how are you? How's tricks? Yeah, tricks are good, Sam. Yeah, very well. How are you doing today, my friend? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Surviving, which is all uh, all we can ask for, isn't it? Um, just a, a, a quick one for everyone tuning in. Just remember, please do like, share, subscribe, save the episode, all of that. It makes a uh, a difference for us and we do appreciate it and remember you can uh, on spotify ask questions uh, and if we do a poll you can vote on the poll not just this episode but previous ones as well and if you're watching on youtube feel free to drop a comment if there is any specific stock that you want covered in stock breaks or particular episode on trader talks that you want me to cover as well we're more than happy to do that subjects today josh i suppose we've got to talk about apple which took mm-hmm. the the, the world by storm on at the beginning of the week, then RBA and FOMC. I think we've got our hands full. Yeah, we have. And while we're at it as well, we might have to have a quick mention of uh, something that's on your hat, which relates back to a very big merger this week in uh, in the PGA and Live Golf. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I actually didn't wear this hat for that, but uh, I should have, I should have lied and said I did. Uh, yeah, interesting. I, I felt like it was always going to come, but I thought it was going to take a lot longer to, to get to it. And it seems like, you know, rather, you know, on the PGA side, they uh, tried to seem as if they were the ones that uh, were the goody two shoes, but it all comes down to money at the end of the day. Um, so yeah, that's how I feel. But I, I, I'm happy from a neutral point of view because I want to see the top players playing together, albeit four days is too long. So I like what the live golf did with the three day, um, make it even shorter. I think, what do you reckon? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I think it reminds me of the saga that we had with football, with the super league mm. in that sense. It's, it's a similar thing that just money has just, has just won again. But I guess when that much money comes knocking on the door, you can't really say no. And obviously they went their separate ways. They took their, you know, I think they had a great strategy in terms of how they paid the players, Yeah, you know, upfront, upfront fees that, you know, had not been done in golf before. And and for some of those older players, like say Ian Poulter, for example, you know, you're going to, you just absolutely no chance no to sort of turn that down. Yeah. Absolutely. No brainer. My only worry now is just for, from away from say a, a consumer perspective is a little bit on the, you know, the brand side of it is, you know, are we still going to get those big names coming through? Are you still going to see Rolex sponsoring? Mm. Are you still going to see, you know, your FedExes, all those big names sponsoring? Cause there's a lot of baggage that goes with this. Yeah. So that's something to, to sort of keep an eye on. And, and also, you know, we can revert this back, right? If they do continue to do that, 
does that then deteriorate brand reputation does that then affect share prices as time goes on as well you know there's lots of considerations there for these companies as they move forward yeah yeah for sure it's going to be an interesting one to to keep an eye on i mean their their aim is to to strengthen relationships and expand the game of golf worldwide whether they can do that or not we'll have to to wait and see i was actually looking at the viewing figures from the pga championship over the last five years and if anything it's stagnated so we we need and and this was actually talking about the fourth day uh of the competition the day where most people are probably going to watch it's the business end so golf actually does need a little bit of a revamp the stats would suggest so let's see uh also talking about ridiculous money um i'm sure people are are well aware of the amount of players being linked or going to saudi arabia karen benzema is off there uh, and his new deal is going to be 215 million dollars a year which is 471 grand a day 19,643 pound an hour uh, which is also 327 pounds a minute <laughs> mental 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 money um i guess at the same time can you blame them for for doing it potentially not um i mean if it was me as soon as I turned 30, I'd be off there. I'd be yeah. hacking in my career and going. Absolutely. I mean, imagine if we get that call up at 30, Sam. Oh. Maybe, maybe, do you know what I mean? Maybe Etoro won. <laughs> but yeah, Etoro might want to loan us out to the Saudi Arabian League to do podcasts. Yeah, it's on million. that sort of money. Uh, anyway, yeah. back to our podcast today. Well, we we don't have a football career. Uh, we'll talk about Apple. And as I was saying, it really took the world by storm. And, and on Monday, on my Twitter timeline, there were there were two things going on. Number one, there was a set of people talking about the latest series of Love Island, which has just started. And yeah, and the second set of people were talking, all creating memes uh, about Apple as they hosted their annual WWDC Worldwide Developers Center, uh, Conference. Uh, luckily for you, I'm not actually going to ask you about Love Island contestants. <laughs> Our focus is is on Apple. Uh, what are your initial thoughts on on it all? Uh, well, my initial thought is that I think Karim Benzema might be the only person that can afford one. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but uh, I do also really enjoy the sort of the ski mask memes as well, given mm. that a lot of people have been talking as it like that. But look, I think. I think they're a great piece of technology. I watched the video and they do look great in terms of, you know, um, how you can integrate it in with the Apple systems. Secondly, eh, it's a bit of a mare at the same time, right? Because, you know, that, that's sort of the market reaction. It's been a bit mare. Well, it's a bit too much. But for context, I think that's what we tend to see with most Apple launches. It's definitely what we see with most Apple launches. Other than the iPhone, other announcements have sort of fallen a bit flat and have been muted and have not been met met with much optimism from markets. So we go back to 2016, AirPods were launched, uh, released, market didn't really react the day of, I think it fell, um, mm. you know, about a percent on the day, market barely reacted. Now, seven years later, it generates billions of dollars in revenue for the company every year and earns more every year than Shopify and Hilton do. You know, so we can't, this is a business that you just can't, you know, write off and you can't just go, oh, I don't know if it will sell. Apple, when they do it, they do it right. And, you know, their customer base is second to none. We're all integrated into Apple. Everyone's got something Apple related around them. 
You know, I don't care if yeah. you even own an Android. Somebody within your family has an Apple product, without a doubt. There's a touch yeah. point in Apple all the time. I guess then looking at its share price, there's some question marks over, you know, okay, what's next? Has this launch really given it what it needs to keep going after a new record high? Valuations picked up slightly as well. But as I say, it's just a beast of a business. You know, as we say, the customer base that is extremely loyal continue to use their new services and products. You know, Apple Pay, I use it every day now. You know, savings accounts that they've launched over in the US that, mm-hmm. you know, generated, I think, brought in $4 billion worth of deposits in a day. You know, whatever they do, it just seems they can't do wrong. Um and the thing is, we might not know it yet, and we might not know we want it yet, but this product could be key in five to ten, ten years' time yeah. once it's sort of perfected. Uh, and I think it's a long-term product here. This isn't something that's going to just take off overnight. You know, think iPhone. The iPhone was probably a bit clunky when it first released. It was obviously, you know, a bit of ahead of its time. Um, but, you know, look how far that has come. I think that's really important to remember. And I think given the way, as I said earlier, that it can integrate with other devices, I think it could be sort of a game changer. And ultimately, Apple's marketing sort of prowess is, is unmatched. And, you know, they have convinced customers and consumers to spend more and more on their smartphones. But I think this is obviously going to be a product that is going to be a challenge for them, no doubt about that. Um, but I think, as I say, how how it can interact with it, the iPhone, the iPad, the iWatch, I think they're on a great path there. And although it may take some tweaking over time, I think I think it's going to be just a, another win product for Apple because you know that that video was great. And although it's at a higher price point, if you can use it with your iPhone and your iPad, you know you're probably going to do that rather than just having you know a, a Meta um you know uh headset or a microsoft headset that that isn't compatible with anything you use yeah i mean what the, the price they were saying around sort of three thousand bucks but i think one thing to to mention is for most people who are on contracts on an iphone who get a new iphone whenever they do i mean let's just say you pay 60 pounds 60 euro 60 bucks a month and they tie you in now for at least a 24 month contract um that's 1400 1500 pound so it's only asking double and i know it's i said only like that but it's you know you, you're not just going to have this headset for two years and then get a new one it's something that is going to last quite some time so i think that the price point immediately put people off but if you start hearing unbelievable things and like you said this isn't going to be the best version of it then it's going to come to a point where you know maybe people are start going to start picking this up um i saw a really interesting tweet yesterday and it said don't buy stocks for your retirement fund buy apple vision pros uh, and their reasoning is this a factory sealed iphone one sold for 63 grand earlier this year which is 105x the original price so therefore if an unopened apple vision pro appreciated at a similar rate it would be worth nearly half a million dollars in 15 years so that iphone one was worth $599 in 2007, uh, obviously going to 63 grand as mentioned there. Uh, 599 invested in the S&P 500 in 2007, 2,371. So there is your new retirement plan uh, to get there's, the money back. There's a show on about this on Netflix. I don't know if you've seen it. Is there? It's called, it's called King of Collectibles or oh, something like that. You, yeah, I've seen the headline. The, the and the, thing. Yeah, and there's a guy on there who has basically 
hundreds and hundreds of apple products just unopened sealed in boxes and these like guys who come in and obviously buy apple products are just like kids in a candy shop yeah and he's just like you don't realize how much money you're sat on like the first ever like mac computer boxed unsealed just crazy and they're like we've never seen anything like this before and he had just hordes of apple products so yeah maybe that's the maybe that's the way to go yeah, you've got a spare free grand line about to do it um, yeah. and you don't want to use it. Um, next up for us uh, to discuss on the podcast is the RBA. I mean, look, heading into this event, so Monday evening UK time, I was looking around and it was a 20% chance of a hike. Always felt that the market was, was getting that wrong in terms of the 20% uh, and get it wrong, they did. So we got a hike. How did the market react and, and what we, I guess, focusing on now? Yeah, exactly. So we got a hike um, and it was another one that that sort of surprised the market. Although, as you say, I think this one might have been slightly less surprising than what we had last month. Last month, you know, there was only a couple of economists that were calling for a hike. Pretty much everyone was thinking pause. This month, it was a bit more split. You had 20 calling for a pause, 10 uh, for a hike. Um, and as you say, markets just I don't think we're really pricing in this much hawkishness that we've had this year. But we had weaker, sorry, hotter than expected inflation of 6.8% last week, which was above the expectation of 6.4%. And I think that tipped the dial there. Uh, reaction was well, the ASX just dropped, you know, suddenly fell about 4%. Um, you know, and as I say, markets haven't priced in this much hawkishness mm. from the RBA this year. Um, and I think that inflation reading would have tipped the dial towards that that hike that we saw um, and I think the, the key here is that the RBA feel that if they let inflation become entrenched and interest rates will stay high for longer, yeah. more pain for the consumer. They're essentially saying in their commentary, you know, this is going to hurt, but it's for your own good, um, which is always going to be pretty tough to take. But I think the key takeaway from them and the result was that they left the door ajar for more hikes if required. Um, they said that interest rates may still have further to go. And I think that's dialed back expectations of rate cuts this year. Um, and, you know, we've obviously got a lot of economic data that's coming through, but inflation is still the key one that's elevated. You know, house prices have stayed pretty strong as well. The labor market is still strong as well. We just had a uh, an increase to the minimum wage here as well, which could feed into that inflation narrative as well. So that's why, you know, they, they they sort of kept their foot on the gas. Um, and I think what's sort of important here is that they hike because we've not seen a clear downtrend in inflation. It's peaked, but it's not falling. Very similar to maybe what we had, you know, in, in the US where we sort of had sticky inflation for a couple of months. It was moving in the right direction, but not fast enough. Um, and that's why they continued to hike. And I think that's what we're seeing here in Australia as well. And ultimately, this hawkishness that we've seen from the RBA is having a big impact on the local market. The ASX is well underperforming against major, mm -hmm. major global markets this year. Um, it's clinging on to year-to-date gains of about 1%. It has been for about a week or so now. That's, again, you know, underperforming the S&P 500, which I think is 11 12%, and NASDAQ, which is 35%. <laughs> The bad news is that that could continue because I think that we might see more downside because rate expectations are going up, rate cut expectations are sort of dissipating. Um, and the worry is just uncertainty because we had a dovish stance at the start of the year, which included a pause. 
And then we went to two more hikes that weren't expected. You know, markets hate uncertainty, and that's exactly what we're getting from the RBA right now. And they seem to be the the only central bank really that is making it uncertain for investors. I think they're really one of the only central banks that has have sort of paused, hiked and hiked and sort of really started the year with a dovish stance and then gone back to hawkish. Um, and and I'm not sure markets are liking that at all. And markets certainly didn't price it in. Yeah, that's it. Didn't price it in. Markets hate uncertainty. And look, a 4% move in equity market is it's pretty big stuff. And that goes to show just how unprepared the market was. 20% leading into it. And then you get the hike. That's the type of reaction that you're going to get. An interesting one. And, and really, you know, I, I guess if you spoke to many people about their own central bank, they'd say they're not doing a good job. But from the outside, it does seem that the RBA have just messed this one up a little bit. There's still time to get it back, of course. But yeah, interesting one to see how it, how it develops. Yeah. And I think, as you say, it, it's always that question mark over, OK, you don't believe the central bank are doing what they should what should they do? So, you know, the central bankers are paid a lot of money for, well, they are here in Australia anyway. I'm not sure <laughs> about Jay Powell, but I know they get paid quite a lot of money here. So I guess it's a case of, you know, them thinking what they, you know, everyone's going to have an opinion, you know, everyone is, is, is going to have one, but the, the, the difference is, is just, you know, are, are they balancing that with growth? You know, we had GDP mm. today, which was weaker than expected as well retail sales are slumping so you know i think the key is just inflation everyone's just focused on inflation and i think they're sort of putting the idea of okay if we have to reinforce a recession that's going to happen but you know we've got a long history of avoiding a recession which unfortunately the us doesn't have and that is going to be the key for next week sam we've obviously got inflation data coming out of the us next week we've obviously got the fomc meeting for their interest rate decision and we're obviously now in a blackout period so what are we expecting what's on the agenda next week yeah well i think the first thing to say is that it'd probably be one of the shocks of the year if the fomc were to follow the iba's lead and, and shock the market by raising rates at their next meeting which you said is, is wednesday uh 7 p.m uk time uh if that was to happen we'd see a, a bit a pretty big repricing of markets i mean you mentioned there the asx dropped four percent equities in the us the the s p the dow jones the nasdaq would, would come under significant pressure the nasdaq most likely to suffer uh the us dollar would would strengthen significantly uh, and drag on gold t notes would come under pressure too as yields would move higher so if you love volatility that's what you want to see uh on that note though if you hate volatility you're, you're pretty happy right now the cboe volatility index hit its lowest level since 2021 yesterday um during yesterday's trade 1437 it may have even dipped a little bit lower by the back end of the trade but that was just when i was checking it so volatility relatively low at the moment um I'm just talking about probabilities uh from the fomc and actually just before we go, there's the Bank of Canada today, um, and that's a 44% chance of a hike. So that's you know, close to 50-50 there. Just four economists in the Reuters survey uh, are calling for such a move, though. So both of those, they feel a bit too low. Incoming data has been pretty strong in Canada. And obviously, when you chuck in the RBA hawkish decision, a surprise might make it um you know a little bit more easier for the bank of canada to do the same so one to watch there probabilities as of tuesday's 
close um a, a hike and i've just got this up in front of me just to get it right a hike is about 26 percent, no change 73 percent. so that's you know changes day to day but you know it's it's you know for for those wanting some drama the rba was 20 percent as well so it's not uh you know completely against the question um however we have that inflation number the day before i mean whoever's writing the script well done just to make it a little bit more interesting the latest in- inflation release will be out 130 on the monday uk time maybe a strong headline and core number could sway the odds in favor of a rate hike but it does seem that the current consensus is this meeting is going to be skipped which is what everyone's talking about now you know it was pivot now it's skipped uh, and then we potentially see hikes later on there's a few uh, comments not from fed members because they're on the the blackout period but from analysts suggesting that the july meeting is going to see a hike and odds of a hike in july at the moment are above 50 percent in and around sort of 60 and again that changes day to day but that's what we're expecting uh to the untrained eye the idea of, of future hikes may turn people bearish but it is worth remembering if we're expecting it it's priced in uh, and the market hasn't moved lower in recent times and also for now good news in the market is good news the strong jobs report which we saw on friday was met by a, a pretty decent higher move uh which traditionally may have seen you know markets move south uh the removal of recession is the reason for that so those concerns uh that we've had for a while the strong jobs report took that away uh the big value small cap led rally on friday showed good news is good news and markets are more afraid of a recession than inflation uh, and it also gave needed breadth to the market for now uh plus you know when you chuck in the no uh bad news from the debt ceiling the fix is very low things co seem okay i guess if you're glass half full you just say is it the calm before the storm time will tell i mean look if they were to raise rates then the market is going to have to reprice for sure uh, but it does seem like they're going to skip. It may even be a little bit of a non-event. Keep an eye on the press conference 30 minutes after the initial decision, and, and that might be um, what we really focus on. Focus on. Uh, but yeah, as to say again, you know, the the blackout period uh, that starts the Saturday, two Saturdays before the the meeting, so they've just gone into that. But for those on Twitter, I would turn notifications on for Nick. Tim Ray Ross of the Wall Street Journal, who in recent times seems to have had a bit of an inside scoop. Uh, he'll be tweeting a lot, I'm sure, over the next uh, well, next couple of well, next week. Uh, finally, uh, short, medium, longer term direction for markets. It's going to be quite tough to expect similar returns for the second half of the year. Like you said, the Nasdaq up significant amount this year. The S and P almost in a bull market i think in monday's trade it was above 20 percent from its low it didn't quite close that way um but are we going to get similar returns in the second half of the year probably not it's going to be pretty tough uh we're entering uh, a period which is seasonally not that great the good news is maybe mostly priced in even the glass half full analysts out there probably expect a bit of a range for a while before we can push higher for us to move lower we need to see those recession fears come back we need to see a higher inflation number next monday that looks pretty sticky uh, and the removal of the black 
uh, Swan uh, event, which is the debt ceiling, you know, something else needs to happen. What that might, what what could that be? I mean, who knows? It's it's, uh, it's a tough one for those bears at the moment. I have to say. Yeah. And it's going to be a really, really interesting week next week. You know, yeah. like you say, whoever put that inflation print alongside yeah, the uh, the decision, they knew exactly what they were doing there because markets are just going to have to sort of make their own mind up, really. We're not going to hear from any speakers, obviously, until the decision is obviously done and passed through. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be a really interesting week. And I think the only issue that I see is that, as you sort of mentioned there, is that markets aren't maybe pricing in. Mm a couple of more hikes yeah. from the from the fed i don't think markets have got that in markets i think are still pricing in rate cuts the back end of this year and there is just a little bit of me that thinks that that may not happen um and that may put some weakness into markets as well but if they do pause brilliant but it doesn't mean i think if even if they do pause i think i think power is is still going to keep his foot on the gas a little bit and sort of say you know, it doesn't mean we're done. Don't get too excited yet. But the issue with them doing that is that if he does, it sort of it loosens those financial conditions a little bit. It gives yeah. people that little bit of freedom again. And I think that could be the worry is that is that they do let them they do let them go and and you know those conditions do become loose and then that feeds back into inflation and then they do have to to hike again. And I'm not sure there's much incentive there for that. So it will be interesting because I think if they do hike. I think that might be the first surprise that we've seen from this hiking cycle, right? Yeah. I don't think we've had one really. It's all been market priced. So it'd be really interesting if we if we uh if we do get a hike and 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 the markets are wrong for once. Yeah. Well, Jerome Powell, what have you got for us? What have yeah. you got for us? One to to watch there. Uh but look, we'll we'll wrap it there for today. Uh we'll be back next week. By then we'll know the winner of the Champions League final. Josh, who do you want? City? Or Inter Milan, Inter Milan. Well, I definitely yeah. don't want City to win. <laughs> don't, don't want them. Don't want them to have the treble, mate. No chance. I, I want City just to annoy my United friends, uh, so okay. they're not the only yeah, team with the treble. Uh, it's pretty pathetic, isn't it? Really, but Liverpool it is what it is. Liverpool want a treble, two thousand, mate. The the, the B Tech treble, I guess they call that. Um, but on that note, we'll wrap it up. Josh, as always, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Sam, and hope everyone enjoys the rest of their week. Take care. Trade safe, everyone. You have been listening to Digest and Invest by eToro. For more information, use eToro.com.